0: Good morning, everyone. Today's scripture reading is from uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. You will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I have had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of
1: God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Michael. One other quick announcement real quick before the sermon. I forgot to announce that uh, we are the most foul congregation again. (laughs) I annotated my numbers right, we gave 18 turkeys and 215 turkey equivalents, if I remember correctly, or somewhere around that, we eked out Central United Methodist by like three turkeys. So, I am so proud to be the pastor of the Most Foul Congregation for the third year straight. Thank you, friends. I'm trying to think of a prominent place to put that. Maybe in my office for hiding, right? (laughs) So today we begin our Advent sermon series, and we're going to be talking about the theme of light through Advent, how light impacts our lives, how it gives life and hope, and the possibility of how we might reflect light in our own lives and in the world around us as we consider the stories that are in the biblical narrative of the birth of Jesus. This week we're going to consider Mary's story. Mary's encounter with this shiny figure, this angel called Gabriel, and the pronouncement that Gabriel has for her and what it impacts or how it impacts her life. I think we all realize that our actions have power to them. And they have natural consequences as well. I would also suggest to you that our words are just as powerful as some of our actions. That our words also have consequences to them. Our words can be a force for good or bad. Our words can be a force for positive or negative, for building up, for tearing down, for doing great good or doing great harm. I know many of us understand that. Because we've been impacted personally by words that have been said to us and said about us. In my Air Force career, I I received an airman's performance report uh, as required periodically. And and in it, there were always these great words that were said about my performance. And they, they lift you up and they try to endorse that. And you get ratings that are numerical. And the highest that you can get is a nine. And you hope for all nines on your performance report. But you also covet the endorsements of those who are in your chain of command and hope that you can have as many of those as possible to affirm the work that you are doing they also recognize your work through your decorations, through your commendation medals, your achievement medals, and many other kinds of ways as well. But but maybe one of the most impactful for me personally was a note that I received through what was called in those days, inter-office mail. You used to send things back and forth through the inter-office system. I worked for a captain by the name of David Bledsoe, and David was a wonderful man, and he sent me a handwritten note one day. Arrived in an envelope marked with my name, I opened it up, and he simply said in the the note, Jim, you're doing a wonderful job. Keep up the good work. I have all my decorations, I have all my ribbons, I have copies of all kinds of different things, but probably the thing that I most cherish from my ten years in the service is that one simple handwritten note from someone that was affirming in my life. And since then, I've had many other people who have played a vital role in my life, who have been affirming in other ways. My wonderful wife, Margaret, is affirming in her love each and every day. But maybe one of the most impactful times of our life was a moment where she affirmed my call to ministry and asked me when I was going to go and do what God thought I really should do. And with the help of Reverend Dr. Mark Turnbow, the two of them kind of nudged me along into the process of pastoral ministry. Powerful words that have consequences in our lives. We all understand this. Words that can do great harm and words that can do wonderful good. There's a man by the name of Les Brown who tells his story. And, and Les Brown talks about growing up in the school system. And, and in the school system, he was challenged to learn. He was considered to be mentally retarded, educably mentally retarded. He would rise to a certain level. They could work with him, but they figured out that he would never achieve much in life. And they constantly reinforced that with the language that was used as he grew up and found himself going through the primary and the secondary education system. He got to graduation, barely made it to graduation, and he was walking through the line and he saw one of his teachers, a guy by the name of Mr. Washington, And he said to Mr. Washington, Mr. Washington, look, the dumb kid is graduating from high school. Mr. Washington looked at him and said, Les, never let someone else's perception of you become your reality. In other words, don't let someone else's negative words to you become the words That you live into. And and those words challenged Les Brown. He writes in his his own biography and his work. He said those words challenged him to be better than what he had always been told he would be. If you know Les Brown's story, Les Brown became a DJ. He also was an author, a motivational speaker, and served in the representative house of Ohio at one time. He achieved many things because someone challenged him with affirming and positive words told him that he could do something different with his life. I asked on Facebook this week for for folks to maybe tell me some of their stories of the most powerful and positive affirming words that someone has ever said to you. I want to ask you to think about that in this moment. What are some of the most powerful and positive words that someone has said to you? Maybe it was a teacher or a parent or a family member, a friend. Might even have been, surprise, surprise... A minister who said something positive to you once upon your life, that that affirmed you and challenged you to be something better and greater, that sowed into your soul words of hope, significance, empowerment. How did those words make you feel? As I said, I asked that question on Facebook and had wonderful results from that. Some great stories that people told. If you're one of my Facebook friends, I would encourage you to go out and to read those stories because they tell of the power of words and how they can impact a heart and a life. If you think about Mary and her story, Mary encountered this shiny angel And in her encounter with that angel, this person of light, it forever changed her life and her circumstances, right? Luke weaves together actually two birth narratives. He tells the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth and the pronouncement that they will have a child, a son, by the name of John, John the Baptist. He would be the the precursor of Jesus. He would announce and be the herald of the one who would come after him. And then the story of the angel Gabriel who visits this young girl named Mary and pronounces to her that she is going to have a child. Listen again to the greeting of the angel as he comes to Mary. He says, Rejoice, favored one, for the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, for God is honoring you. You're going to conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over the house of Jacob and his kingdom will have no end. A pronouncement of great news from this angel of light. You think of the things that the angel just told her. She is going to conceive and conceiving in that age was a sign of blessing From God that she would have a son and that was the child that they all wished for an heir to carry on the name of the family to inherit all things to be called the son of the most high a son of God to be a righteous person that was destined for greatness as the heir of David's throne that he would have a kingdom that would never end all of these things that this angel just said to Mary and what was her question. It wasn't about any of these things. Mary asked the question How can this be? I'm a virgin. I would have thought she would have asked some other questions, you know. Uh, number one How do you know the gender of my child, right? And what the name is going to be? Or, How do you know that I'm even going to conceive? I mean, how's that going to be even possible considering the circumstances? And what do you mean that my child's going to be the son of the Most High, a son of God, who will have a kingdom that will never end, and he's going to assume a royal throne when I'm not even in a royal line? I I would have asked some of those questions, right? But not Mary. Mary asked, how can it be? The author, Luke, actually writes down two questions in these narratives. Zachariah asks the question, How can I be sure? Zachariah asks a question of faith. He wants God to prove that they are going to have a child. Mary simply asks the question, How can I be sure? How can this be? How can this transpire? How can I be a part of what God is going to be doing? I think it's possible that maybe what Mary heard was the affirming words of the angel. And in that moment of the affirmation of this angel, Blessed are you. Rejoice, O favored one. That those words set on Mary's heart, this course of action. And she could simply reply at the end of this, I am the servant of God. Whatever God wants me to be, that is what I will be and do. You know, I think of it this way. Many of us are are probably thinking how we could be Mary in this story, but I'm thinking more of how we could be the angel in this story. How we could each go into the world around us and be a proclaimer of a message of hope and a message of life. To be able to speak new possibilities into the world around us with words that are hopeful, words that are positive. To be able to be a people of influence in the communities around us. All of us know that we're people of influence, right? Do you remember the old commercial when E.F. Hutton speaks... Come on, you know the rest of it, right? Shout it out. People what? Listen, right? All of us have the ability to speak words in the world around us. And people will listen to them. People in your home, your family. People at the places where you go and you work in your neighborhood, the community beyond. Maybe a board that you sit on or a team that you coach. You have the ability to speak words that will influence people. Hopefully... For the better, for the positive. Someone once said that there exists for everyone a sentence, a series of words that has the power to destroy you. But there also exists another sentence, a series of words that can heal you. And if you are lucky, you get the second because you are guaranteed and certain to get the first. That in a world that seems predicated on negativity and sharing negativity, how do we become people of positive words and light for the world around us? I think we all realize that we live in a world that is filled with harmful rhetoric. We see it all the time. We hear it on the news. We listen to the accounts of it. Whether it's on university campuses with kids that are struggling around the language that they are hearing or our national debate or those that are in the foreign affairs world and dealing with the terrorism that's internet driven and and all of this hate-filled rhetoric that we see around us, I'm with you, I hope, in believing that there's enough harm being done in the world today with the language and the words that are out there, that maybe it's time for us to start a little bit different trend and And to use these words to wake up each and every day and those that we encounter. Maybe for us to say rejoice favored one. The Lord is with you to encounter people in a positive way each and every day. Because for me, words are like light and dark. They're like light and darkness. The harmful words... In our world are like darkness. And the more that harmful words are spoken, the darker our world descends into. But positive words, the words of of affirmation are like light. And we all know that light overcomes darkness. That darkness can never win when light is present. For those of us as the community of faith to go out and share this positive message of God's love and grace for all people. That it can be hope and light in a world that seems to be dim at the moment. And that we can bring light to this darkness that is around us. That's our call, our challenge. See, if we are people who have truly seen and experienced the light of God, and that it is present in our own hearts and souls, then we are called, we are driven by God to go to the world and be that very light for those who might find themselves in the darkest of dark. Here's what I hope that you, you hear for today and that you can take away for your conversation this afternoon. I hope that you're all reminded that we live in a world that has positive words and negative words. It's part of our language. We know the power that each of those have in our own lives and in the world around us. Mary experienced through the angel some of the most powerful words, life-changing and affirming words for her. As God proclaimed that He would use her, the servant of God, to bear the light that would be hope for all the world. And from that, she submitted to simply be God's servant. All of us, all of us who have experienced God's light in our own lives, we have the ability to go into this world today and for the next day and the days beyond and to be light in what is a dark, often a dark world. And so here's your invitation for today. To think about the places where you are an influence. The people that you commune with, that you speak with, that you work with, and, and how you can be an influence in their lives. Are you a positive influence? Or do you find yourselves being a negative influence? And how can we reverse maybe the trends if we find ourselves to be participating in more darkness than light? How can we speak words of love and grace, of hope and possibility, to those that are in our family and in our community, the places that we work. That's our invitation, our challenge today. Or maybe to learn from someone that you see as a positive role model. They're someone that constantly speaks of the positive light of the world around us. They think of new possibilities and hope. How can you emulate some of their words and learn to practice that and model that for yourself? For all of us, I hope that we go forth today to learn to speak more words of light and life into this world, to be the people of God's love and grace, so that others might also come to see the light of God's love and hope for them. Would you join me in a moment of prayer now? O God of grace and mercy, of power and of light. We thank You that through the power of Your Spirit and Your Son, Jesus Christ, You have spoken light into our world, that for each of us there is hope, for each of us there is grace and mercy. Lord, may that be the message that infiltrates our hearts this Advent season. And from this day and to the next, through this week and in the weeks to come, We pray, O God, that we might celebrate that light that is in our hearts and that it might shine forth in the very words that we say to those around us. We pray, God, that we might be able to share the light of your love with everyone that we come in contact. And so with us, in this moment, we pray, O God, that you might send us forth, that we might be beacons of light in this, your world, We ask this.